the ever-changing and fast-paced evolution of technology and business has you wishing you had the right-sized partner to guide you through your IT landscape, it's time for you to meet the experts at Yash Technologies and C5MI. Tech Talk, Managing the New Normal with Yash Technologies and C5MI connects you with the best business experts who are making this happen for companies all across the world. We delve into global business challenges from SAP S4, managed services and the digital workplace to live factory, infrastructure and much more. Tune into the Business Channel to hear today's top technology industry experts share their insights on how companies like yours are partnering with Yash Technologies and C5MI to transform their IT landscapes. Welcome to a revolutionary hour of business technology talk. This is Tech Talk, Managing the New Normal with Yash Technologies and C5MI. You'll hear from the experts with the know-how to revolutionize and transform your business for a truly efficient, actionable technology transformation during both prosperous and challenging times. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you, lady, whoever you are. I am Bonnie D. Graham in the house. I'm the producer and host of Tech Talk, Managing the New Normal, a brand new series on the Voice America Business Channel and here on Zoom webinar. We're so happy to have you here today. Those of you in the room, we appreciate you showing up, whether or whether or not there's a weather issue, whether you had to drive there, I'm only joking, and social distancing is appreciated. This is presented by the very fine folks. You can see them if you're here in the webinar room with me of Yash Technologies and C5M. My both companies are represented today. This is episode three. We've been doing this for the first two Wednesdays in May, and this is the third Wednesday, and we'll be continuing with part four next week on May 27th. I'm going to be introducing you to Yash and C5. MI thought leaders. And why are they here? They're going to share their expert insights on how businesses can prepare to emerge from the current global pandemic. And we know it's affected all of you in some of the same ways and maybe in some unique ways in terms of your businesses. And so to help you safely enter I put quotes around this, the new normal. I call it the new. I don't know if it's going to be normal, but it's new. We're going to say that. So if you're wondering who Yash is, if you're wondering who C5 is or are, I'm going to be pleased to start off with our first special guest. It is John Gretter. He's a VP of SAP Strategic Alliance with Yash Technologies. John, welcome. How are you? Bonnie, I'm doing great. Good to see you again on this fine Wednesday. Thank you. I cannot believe, like you said, I can't believe we're on the third episode already. It, it seems like we were just doing our first one. And you know, I know it was a couple of weeks ago, but time has certainly flown. And thinking about the third episode, I was going over our notes as we were preparing for that first one. It's amazing to me how much the world has already changed when you talk about the new normal. We, when we were starting out on this endeavor, we didn't know when businesses were going to reopen. We didn't know when states were, were going to allow any return to normalcy, for an example. And now I read an article this morning on Apple News that all 50 states in some way, shape or form are starting to allow some return to normal, whatever that looks like. So we've made a ton of progress in three weeks, and as we prepared for, for this episode number three, I can say with certainty, I learned more from these panelists from net new material than I learned in, in any of the other ones, and I don't know if that was on purpose, if it was just happenstance, 
but the, the topics that we're going to cover today are specifically geared towards getting back at it, getting back into the flow of business and what it's going to take to be successful and even maybe more importantly, be safe with, with returning back to normal. And we're going to kick things off in just a few moments with one of your old favorites, Marty Groover. He's one of the, the old guard from the Voice America, Yash C5MI relationship. And, and Marty's going to dive into a topic that was a foundational aspect when Yash and C5MI merged about two years ago, maybe two and a half years ago in 2018. And that's around digital reliability centered maintenance, or we call it DRCM. And Marty does a great job of dumbing it down for people like me. And, and Marty said, you know that old saying, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. He said, John, I'm going to totally turn that on its head. And I'm going to show you why you should fix it, even if it isn't broken yet. And I'm not going to steal any more of Marty's thunder, but it, it goes to the heart of how you can use maintenance as actually a way to deliver value to the bottom line. So I'm really excited for the Voice America audience to, to hear from Marty. But then a gentleman that I work with a ton in my role with SAP and Yash is Jacinto Aruz. Jacinto is our vice president of mid-market or could be called general business as well. I work a ton with Jacinto and Jacinto is going to bring that specific intellect around the conversations that he's been having with our companies and clients that we do business with that fall in that threshold of a billion dollars of revenue or below. And it, you may not think that it's different depending on the size of the business, but from listening to Ascento, there are differences. The, 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 the different sizes of business have been impacted differently by the pandemic. And Ascento is going to give some insights on that. And Bonnie, I, I've got to say, I might be saving the best for last today. My colleague, Yogesh Nagpal, you liked Praveen in the first episode when he talked about drones. Yes. Wait till you hear what Yogesh has to say about smartwatches. And, and, and again, I'm not going to go any further there, but it's about environment, health, and safety. And you talk about getting our employees, our teammates, our customers back into our doors safely and efficiently. Yogesh has got something that... I, I could have listened to him for an hour when he was talking about what he can do with smartwatch technology and how he can help companies make this transition to the new normal as effective as possible. So I'm super excited about episode number three. I'm sure it's coming out a little bit in my opener, but I'll turn it over to you, Bonnie, let you get it set up with, with Marty, but I can't wait to hear what your listeners have to say about this episode. Thank you very much. I'm excited too. We keep seeing Yogesh on the screen and Yogesh, I have it on speaker view and the answer is because you're calling in on a phone and apparently the phone is picking up some of the background noise and it keeps thinking you're the speaker. So we have been very happy to get an advanced preview of Yogesh <laughs> Nagpal. I just wanted him to relax and that's why he kept appearing on the screen. Thank you, John. Let me give a little preview uh, of what Marty's going to be talking about and this should resonate with everybody. Marty told me the following and, and it's Marty, you're not an old panelist and an old friend. You're Marty Groover, the one and only, and you are enlightening us and bringing our knowledge base up. I don't know what John was saying about you. I'm teasing. I know. Thank you. Call me old. Marty will forgive you. So Marty says, everything in our life requires some kind of maintenance and everything breaks down when at the worst time, who hasn't had that, whether it's a bicycle or a car or an air conditioner or a computer, we all know that. Imagine if everything you owned, listen up, 
was condition-based monitored live. Think about that, condition-based monitored live. And warned you before it failed, everybody, a sigh of relief, yes, if only. What if someone could remotely connect to your equipment and diagnose a problem before the equipment failed? And get this, a technician arrived and replaced the component at no downtime, no inconvenience to you. It's not a dream. Industry 4.0 will require more machinery and digital systems to automate manufacturing and supply chains as these new systems are created, maintaining them to enable 100% reliability. It sounds like a dream, Marty. To keep these systems creates value. Of course it does. Marty Groover, co-founder and partner at C5MI. I learned to say it and spell it, Marty, in the years I've known you. Marty is a retired U.S. Navy officer who spent 12 years in industrial manufacturing before he started C5MI in 2018. Marty, take center stage, please. Welcome back. How are you? Great, Bonnie. Great to be here. Yeah, this is probably one of the most exciting topics for me as a retired Navy officer. My job was for reliability center maintenance, making sure the weapon systems worked and talk about never being able to fail. You couldn't go up to the captain and go, I don't know why the missile didn't fire, sir. That wasn't an option. So I've lived my whole life in that environment of maintenance and reliability center maintenance. And with these new tools that we're going to talk about, and especially C5MI with our live factory and our digital reliability center maintenance and bringing it all into one common operational picture with Industry 4.0, maintenance is going to be one of the most important things that we see going forward. You cannot afford downtime. So today we'll discuss, you know, the different types of maintenance and how to get to prescriptive and predictive and all those good things you hear, but also how do we look at the talent that's out there? And there's not a lot of people that know how to repair this stuff. So we'll talk about that and then about how COVID, how this, the maintenance and industry port auto maintenance, DRCM, can support uh, the companies as we go forward with COVID. But first, I want to play this video like we did last week that will really kind of set the tone for what we're going to discuss. And Marty, I want to tell our listeners on the Voice America Business Channel, you will hear the audio from the video. You may miss the beautiful images and the graphics, but you will be able to hear everything. Revolutionize your processes with digital reliability-centered maintenance. Every organization believes its production methodology is unique. While underlying details may be different, all manufacturing organizations face similar maintenance asset challenges. Siloed information leads to incoherent data and lacks a single version of the truth. This generally accepted run-to-failure approach only addresses immediate impact, resulting in increased maintenance cost and volatility. Without a proactive maintenance approach, equipment breaks down without warning, leading to unplanned downtimes. This can result in increased operational cost and quality defects, ending in low yield and throughput. The C5MI DRCM Solution Architecture and Implementation Methodology blended with accelerators, will address these challenges and drive transformation across the asset maintenance lifecycle. Our best practices and equipment hierarchy definition plays a vital role in driving transformation across the plant maintenance ecosystem. DRCM brings together equipment-related information and all stakeholders. This establishes a collaborative, single version of the truth as the asset common operational picture. Our expertise in accelerators in risk and criticality as well as failure modes and effects analysis will help drive a lean maintenance strategy across any manufacturing enterprise. Expertise in equipment hierarchy, coupled with our robust CBM template, will set the stage for asset digital twin, condition-based monitoring, and predictive maintenance. 
using the mobile-enabled DRCM solution will deliver increased worker efficiency and data accuracy. C5MI experts are trusted business practitioners with decades of experience managing plant maintenance systems, shop floor operations, and manufacturing supply chains for Fortune 100 organizations across the globe. We architected DRCM with a futuristic vision of aligning organizations to the Maintenance 4.0 roadmap by merging people, process, and technology. Let us bring your manufacturing maintenance execution into the next century and beyond. Marty, another home run. I don't know if anybody had popcorn, but that was a really cool video. You have wonderful, wonderful people who create videos for you. So kudos to the company. Marty, why don't you start to talk about this now? We'd love to hear from you. So the key to, to this is, and you heard about it, run to fail. A lot of um, companies these days when in the manufacturing supply chain, things run to fail. What does that mean? We don't know when it's going to break. We're going along happy as can be producing our products. All of a sudden that piece of machinery, equipment, whatever breaks. And the, the best day at work I used to, when I was a factory manager, I told the people at work, I said, what's the best day at work? And he said, when everything works the way it's supposed to. Exactly. Every time those machines break down and you have that unplanned downtime, you're leaking money. You're failing. Somewhere you got to make it up. Either you're making bad quality or the machine breaks and you're paying for all those people to be there and the technicians are trying to repair it. It's really a problem. Um, and going forward with Industry 4.0, you really can't afford because these systems are going to be so integrated that one, one piece of machinery going down is going to be very complicated. The key piece of this is, is how do we live condition-based monitoring? What does that mean? It sounds like a fancy term. What it means is we have sensors on the equipment. We can read those sensors and we can start seeing failures before they happen. So, for instance, I, have a, I had a BMW and one time the car just started slowing down to 45 miles an hour. They called me, the technician called me over the, uh, the speaker in the car, which was amazing to me at, the, at that <laughs> point. But they said, look, you're having a problem with your uh, water, um, your electric water pump. It, the frequency on it's acting up and it's going to fail. The car slowed itself down so it wouldn't uh, leave you on the road dead. The dealer's up the road. They're ready to repair. If you can get there, just turn the car off, turn it back on and drive. I, it was just totally mind-blowing to me. But that's about how you not run to fail. The old-fashioned cars would have just broke down alongside the road. Steam would have been pouring out of it, right? You would have had that problem. Then you had to call a tow truck. That's the idea. How do we condition-based monitoring equipment, see those failures before they happen, not only see them, but tell you they're going to happen. And just like we talked about in the opening, even have a technician ready to repair it and, and tell you exactly where to go or come to you. And in going forward, the prescriptive piece, not only do we know what's going on, but we know what to do to fix it. When you put those things together, what kind of value would that bring to our lives every day, but also to our manufacturing supply chains? When you look at the current state of where we're at, we can't afford the downtimes. We need every bit of productivity. And in the last 10 years, a little bit less than 10 years, our productivity has actually dropped. We got more data than ever sensors everywhere, IIoT, but it's not connected right. And so that's a critical piece going forward to improve productivity is pull all that data together into that common operational picture where the maintenance piece and the operations all gel together in one common operational picture. 
Marty, I've heard you tell that car story before, and I'm always amazed, and I think you got it from a sci-fi movie. I really do, because we've been hearing about that with, with uh, self-driven cars. We've been hearing about automation in, in automotive, in vehicles, and the fact that your car will say, Bob, the service station is waiting for you. The belt to repair, the one that's about to break, is going to wait until you get to John's service station, and they'll even have lunch for you. Thank you very much, Bob, for subscribing. And I've, I've always, I hear you tell the story and I so Marty how does this is this a reality in industry 4.0 is this something that is happening because as businesses factories companies are getting ready to open with optimism and hope they want to grow they want to survive they want to thrive they want to get back to business making money doing what they need to do sending their products out around the world where, wherever they serve they can't afford downtime now Marty we had imposed downtime for months. Nobody planned on it. It wasn't that a machine that broke. It was civilization that broke for, for right. the past nine weeks. So, Marty, how, how real is this for factories? Well, that is a true story about that car. It's a 2012 <laughs> BMW X5. So, that's a reality. I didn't make that up. But, yes, going forward, it's all about the failure modes. And this is where you start looking at failure modes. And in the past, we always had reliability center maintenance, but we didn't have a system that was a plan to check act with our digital reliability center maintenance. And that's why we spent the money to get a registered trademark for that name. We believe in it that much, but reliability center maintenance starts with identifying how it's going to fail. Then use an IIOT, which is sensors, you know, internet of things, measuring those sensors and those systems that could fail and then identifying the failure modes happening before they really fail and cause a problem. So the effects, what's the effects going to be? How can we prevent those? So yes, it's all about failure modes. And I can tell you, I've been on a couple um, interesting data science projects with predictive maintenance where they threw a bunch of data in a system and they said, we're detecting something, but it's not really telling us what it's going to, how it's going to fail. And that's the critical piece with the, our methodology is we identify those failure modes beforehand and then we go out and look at those signals and understand when they're going to fail. And I think that's the key piece um, for really driving reliability that it needs to be in the next uh, industrial revolution. Marty, I always get predictive and prescriptive confused. I'm sorry. I might be the only one in the room, but could you please define them for us? And then let's talk about the people aspect. The software sounds great. Condition-based maintenance sounds great. Do you need a person to be running it, to be watching it? Do you need new talent? Are we upskilling people who worked in a factory before this normal that's now, not the new one? So give me a couple of answers, please. So predictive, I can tell you something's happening. It's going to fail prescriptive, I not only tell you it's going to fail, but I'm going to tell you what to do about it. Go get this part. Do this. Check this. And this is going to be critical for the upscale for the people. One of the problems that we have, 62% of companies are starting to realize it's hard to get skilled maintenance technicians out there now. Auto dealers, manufacturers, anybody working on heavy equipment. We just don't have that talent. It's, it's not taught in our schools. It's not out there. So as the boomers retire, it's only exasperating the problem. Industry 4.0 tools like DRCM will help with that. We have these, I'll just tell you this cool technology that it's under $1,000 now. You can go in a factory with a, with a 360 um, degree camera. I can digitize in a picture all the equipment. Then with augmented reality, I can create a digital twin of a sensor on a piece of equipment. 
Now I can do a load sharing across a bunch of places with remote monitoring. What does that mean? I can have a senior technician sit in a control room and watch a lot of different equipment. And then when a technician has a problem with the predictive and prescriptive, he can talk to that technician, go do this. Now with an iPad, I can hold it up with augmented reality, look at the equipment, and he can tell them what to do remotely because I've already created a 3D model of the equipment. I've got a digital twin. He can see the sensors, the, the skilled technician, and he can start helping that younger technician or less skilled technician uh, solve those problems. I did this in the Persian Gulf remotely with a uh, Aegis radar system for the first time in 2004. Big clunky camera system going up through the satellite. Well, we did the first remote uh, repair of, a, of equipment this way. So I know it's a reality and it's starting to become uh, the norm or it's going to be the norm. There's just not enough skilled people out there to do it. That's the only way businesses are going to be able to maintain the equipment. Then it's going to change with Industry 4.0 because we're going to go more from operators and technicians to operator technicians. The people that operate the equipment because it's going to be so automated. We talked about this. Is it going to get rid of all the people's jobs? No. But the dog's going to allow the operator and technician to repair the equipment. But the, the equipment's going to say, this is what I need you to do to fix me. And do this quickly, pull it out, fix it, and get it back online. And that operator's going to have to be upskilled to not only understand how that piece of equipment works, but how to repair it when it's, when it's got a problem. But these systems will allow them to have a lot more knowledge and will codify somebody's big brain on how the equipment works into that system so that they don't have to know everything. They just have to know a couple things. And so it's going to be a really exciting world going forward um, with this capability. Marty, it is. And I remember a couple of years ago, I hosted, I believe, one of my Game Changers shows for SAP was the future of manufacturing with Game Changers. And I was speaking with a panel, and we were talking about how people used to say, oh, I don't want to work in a factory. What is my kid going to do? He doesn't want to go to college. Well, he doesn't want to be in a smoky, dirty place and on an assembly line. And then somebody on the panel said, with all the new technology, and Marty, I think you're not talking futuristic. You're talking now, which makes it more exciting. And then somebody on the panel said, but working in a factory is getting exciting because his son or his daughter at the time was on the factory floor, at the shop floor, and they had an iPad and they were looking at diagnostics. I know that's an old-fashioned word. And diagnostics, and they were coming home and saying, Dad, I have this really cool job. I've got this iPad they gave me, and I'm understanding what's going on. I'm not just turning a screw in a widget. I'm actually part of the system of keeping the factory going. And there was this excitement, Marty. So is this going to help to solve the talent gap, the fact that it sounds like a cool place to work? I think so. Remember those GE commercials that Jeffrey Immelt, when he was CEO, started going? They talked about you know the future. I'm, I'm developing the future in the factories. And I thought Jeff, although whatever you think of him, he had the right idea about what we're talking about, which is predictive maintenance, all those things with industrial, he actually penned industrial internet of things that came from him. And I truly believe that's going to be a game changer. I've watched uh, engineers from Georgia Tech, you put this in their hands and the stuff they can do with it. They're digital natives. They're, they're mm. you know, used to this, they got this grip down, right? I mean, they're born that way. And you put these tools in their hands and this, you can't even imagine the stuff they come up with. So I do think it's going to change things and it will change the image of manufacturing industry 4.0. It has to. We have all the data in the world. We've been digitized for 30 years and now productivity is going down because we have too much. We've got to bring it together into a system and we've got to start 
utilizing a digital twin and a common operational picture to drive the sort of holistic one view, sort of like we talked about last week with the iPhone. It's going to do the same thing for manufacturing. Very cool. And it sounds like there's going to need to be either upskilling retraining as we're talking about, or there will need to be new programs in trade schools, if they still call them that. Colleges, uh, ways for people to learn these skills. They may be great with their thumbs on a phone and, and on all of these digital mobile devices, but they need to learn these skills to work in a factory. Marty, I want to wrap up with you because we have two very, very smart people waiting to present. And I know they're saying, when is it my turn? When is it my turn? I can see them here. Now I made them smile. That's part of relaxing. Marty, uh, DC, DRCM solution can help reduce the impact of COVID-19 on supply chain and manufacturing. I know you have two themes you want to talk about, reduce maintenance costs and, of course, improve productivity. So why don't you take us through those? Sure. Absolutely. Going forward, we're all cash-strapped. Cash flow is probably one of the biggest things that supply chain and manufacturing is worried about. How do I get my cash flow? Well, there's bags of gold out there. You just got to know how to tap into them. The right kind of maintenance not only reduces downtime, which gives you better productivity because you don't want to pay overtime and extra costs to try to get the product out, but also the maintenance cost. If you do this properly and use condition-based, you can change your time-based maintenance to more based on hours or based on actual conditions, which is going to reduce your overall maintenance costs. And if you look at these large corporations, you know, I worked at Caterpillar, we had millions and millions and millions of dollars of maintenance costs a year, 10 to 15% improvement. What is, that's instant cash in your pocket. And that's real money. It's not a, you know, cost avoidance. So th- that's one thing. I think the other part of it is the, the key piece to your supply chain, making sure that that supply chain is there and available. We need every ounce of productivity out of these uh, manufacturing or supply chain. And we get that by having equipment that's 100% reliable and always up and running. Marty Groover, you rock that as always. Always nice to see you. And I'm not going to let John say our old friend, Marty. Marty's just a really good friend. And now I want to pass the baton to our next speaker. He is ready and waiting. I think he's ready and waiting. It's Jacinto Aruz. And he's going to talk about mid-market companies. And this may be a point of some confusion. John Gretter graciously gave us a definition, which I know Jacinto wants to talk about. Jacinto has been with Yash for 11 years. That's a long time today in today's job market. Jacinto, I applaud you. He's the VP of mid-market for Yash Americas. (laughs) And he has a background in software engineering sales and marketing focused in manufacturing and wholesale distribution. Jacinto, welcome. Please talk to us. Introduce yourself a little more. Go ahead. Oh, you did a really great job. And I'm really excited to be here with this great, great group of people. Um, We're talking about uh, mid-market companies. Um, It all depends on the type of companies you're representing. In this case, we're talking about SAP, right? So, Um, Mid-market refers to companies under a billion dollars. So what kinds of companies would that be? That sounds to me like a lot of money, but I'm I'm not in that part of the world, in that part of industry. So would these be family companies? Would these be companies with a couple of branches? Would these be companies that are global on purpose with a footprint in different continents, perhaps? What, What types of companies would these be, Jacinto? Right. So usually these companies are smaller in size, um, usually family-owned, third-generation companies that have been passed down. Um, I dealt with one that was uh, started in the 1800s, and it was like the fourth-generation uh, pork processing company, for example. And, uh, you know, so, so they require a more close relationship with their, with their vendors. We usually 
um, have a relationship with the, with the CEO, with the owner of the company, and uh, they demand uh, a little bit more attention than larger organizations where, you know, there is a, a really clear chain of command that you have to follow. In these type of companies, you, you can pick up the phone and actually talk to the president of the company or, or whomever it is that you're doing business there, no problem. So it sounds like they require TLC in a partner, and I think that's one of right. the hallmarks of what we're talking about with Yash and C5MI today is a partner, partner who cares, a partner right, who right. understands. I like the idea of being able to pick up the phone and talk to people. OMG, hark back to the old days when people actually talked on the phone. Now we just visit in webinar rooms and, and we're, right, right. We're, we're all on Zoom all day long. So in this new normal, Jacinto, what trends are you seeing for smaller organizations in terms of their <clears throat> interest in or ability to innovate? Uh, how are they going to control their costs? How are they going to keep their employees? Because we don't know who's even opening the door again, if ever. So give us an overview of what you see in mid-market, Jacinto. Right, right. So so you hit the, the nail on the head over there. So so the three things that we're seeing actually companies focus on right now is, uh, as you mentioned, innovation, saving money, cost savings, and managing the new reality with the employees, Right. So in the innovation, the um, the way that they were used, that they went to market before this pandemic has changed, right? Um, so they need to come up with ways, new ways to go to market, and new initiatives to go to market, and maybe even new products, right? So for example, I have a, a, a produce company that um, main the, their main clientele was the rent restaurant business, right? So the restaurant business was one of the most affected um, segments in our economy. So obviously his business went down. I called him one week and, and to, this, to the CEO of the company as we were talking about before in the type of relationship. And he was very depressed. He was telling me how you know the business had gone way down, that he was suffering. And uh, I called him a few weeks later and he had come up with a new idea to sell his products. He, he went online and he allowed actually individual consumers to go to the website and build a box of products. And then these individuals would drive to his uh, warehouse and someone in the warehouse would put the, uh, the box in the car and the customer would drive away. Basically, uh, uh, no touch, uh, no, no, no exposure to anything. And after I called him the following week, he was really excited. He said, I can't believe, you know, right now I'm doing really well. It's not great, but I'm doing, I'm doing really, really well right now. So you see companies like that innovating, coming up with new ideas. You see uh, car producing companies all of the sudden making ventilators. You see pillow companies making uh, uh, face masks. You know, so, so I think that that's where the uh, ingenuity of the, the American enterprise comes into play and uh, you can see a lot of companies changing the play as they go along to adapt to the new normal. Jacinto, I loved your examples and I'm seeing, I'm thinking about another word to represent what you just talked about. It's called resilience. 
Right. How are we going to stay in business? What are we going to do with the tools we have, the equipment we have, the brain power we have, the people we have, the facility we have? He had a warehouse. He had produce. He wanted to stay in business, needed to keep his suppliers in business. Well, restaurants weren't buying all that good stuff. Tell people, hey, if I lived near him, I probably would. I, I needed some right. fresh tomatoes and, and possibly some eggplant last week, and I would have made some really cool tomato sauce. I would have showed up for contactless delivery at his warehouse site. And right. Very appreciated. I like that. So are they understanding that resilience is part of the spirit of business that we're looking to get businesses back, Jacinto? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think that any of our customers are, are giving up. Um, you know, we talk about also the cost-saving part of it, the, the, the trends that we're seeing. And, you know, this is where the partnership that we have with, uh, with these customers that they, for many years, comes into play. Um, you know, they're calling us and they want to do more with less. So, so may, maybe they don't want us to go on site. They want us to do remote work, which saves them money and delivers the same results. So they're looking for a partner like Yash Technologies that is able to work with them and, and understand that the relationship is not a relationship for today, but rather a, relation, a long-term relationship. Now we have to talk about the bottom line, the wallet, the money belt. What are we going to do to help them save money? Because they can't throw everything at it. They need to get back to work in different ways, and that's going to cost. So how are cost savings looking in this mid-market, Jacinto? So, well, this is, this is an area that I think that, that YASH technology plays really well because we, our model is an onshore, offshore model. So, so we can readily adapt to what the customer's demands are to lower the, the, their costs and save the money that they can use to keep afloat, right? We are seeing trends, for example, of companies that, that before this pandemic require you to go to, the, to their offices and actually do in-depth planning and, and blueprinting and setting all the implementation up. Now these companies are being very flexible and are allowing us to actually do everything remote. What is interesting is that they're finding out that the old model can be morphed into something that is different, that gives them more value for, for, for what, they're, what, what they're receiving. So, so that's one of the trends that we're seeing. The other area that, that I mentioned, it was uh, the employee retention and, uh, and satisfaction. Yeah. So, so this pandemic has forced many companies that never embrace the working from home type of a, a, a model to actually do it. Um, I, have a, I have a customer that actually never worked from home and uh, I have a friend that works over there and uh, uh, she was telling me that the CIO mentioned that why do we need to go back to the office ever again? You know, we, we can actually do all the work that we're doing from, from home and actually use the office as a satellite. Instead of using the, the home as a satellite office, now the, 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 the satellite office is going to be at the actual headquarters, which can be used to have you know, monthly meetings and, and, and maybe they have to meet with vendors and such, but not, not a 100% place to go to work every day. Interesting perspective. Uh, Jacinto, I want to talk a little bit about as companies need to be resilient and reprioritize, retool, Yash has to enter the new normal as well. 
So I know there are a couple of ways that the organization is getting ready to provide solutions <coughs> and services for com companies that need them, that need them right now. So can you talk to me a little bit about digital supply chain management, maintenance management, and, and we'll finish up with cloud analytics. I know people will be excited to hear about that. Go ahead, Jacinta. Right. So, so part of the, the, the job that we do here at Yash Technologies is we need to be, we need to be reimagining the future and understanding what are the customers thinking, right? So, so we are thinking, we're, we're an ERP company, we, we sell and implement uh, ERP solutions, but we know that because of this pandemic, our customers are going to be looking for areas of, of in areas where they can make their business run more efficient and agile, right? So three areas that we have identified as potential uh, or, or, or areas that our customers are going to be looking at is first digital supply chain, then obviously maintenance management, and also um, cloud analytics and, and analytics in general. And in the digital supply chain, we're seeing that the supply chain has been disrupted. I mean, you see it on TV every night, even, even people that never heard use the word supply chain management is now a common word in, uh, in on TV when, when you watch the news and whatnot. So, so our customers more than ever need to be able to understand and, and extend the supply chain network. They need to focus on supplier risk and, and, and ways to mitigate that, right? And Yash Technologies, in my opinion, is, is very well positioned to, to help our customers with the planning, the design, and the execution of our clients' unique end-to-end -end supply chain needs. We have decades, decades. I mean, we, with the, with the C5MI group, we, we bring incredible uh, uh, knowledge in supply chain that can be implemented quickly to help our customers achieve their goals. And the other area that, um, that we're focusing on is the, is the maintenance management. I mean, Mary touched bases on that. You know, an unplanned, unplanned downtime in a factory is time that you will never recover. Like Mario was saying, you know, you have machine, you have people, you have resources that are available for you to, to, to produce what you need to produce. And if you have an unplanned time, unplanned downtime, you will no, never recover that. That's why predictive analytics for us is, is, is an area that is, 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 is very important and we think that customers will be looking at that as well. And the other, the other area that we're focusing on is cloud analytics. In the past, businesses were happy with, with, with evaluating data from yesterday, right? So, so they have their data warehouse, they load the data at night, and then they go in and they try to get reports to work with and negotiate the next day. With this pandemic, business are going to be required to do real-time analytics with real-time data from today. So that's an area that Yash Technologies also has a very strong practice, and we feel that our customers will be well served with us. Jacinto, when you were talking about companies can't afford downtime right now, it reminded me of another couple of keywords. One is you lose the trust of your customers and your reputation suffers. And maybe in the past, a company could say, well, a machine went down or somebody didn't show up for work or something happened. The delivery truck got you know, off the side of the road because they didn't have Marty's BMW service to tell them when the damn belt was going to break. I don't know. But now... 
you really can't afford because people are going to say, hey, you've had two, three months off. What were you doing? You're back in business. We expect service. We expect supply chain delivery. We expect a smile. We expect a good price. And if you want to still be having us as customers, you have to do it right now. You had your vacation, quote unquote, and you got to come out kicking. So I just want to get you to wrap up because we are just about ready for your colleague, Yogesh Nagpal. So Jacinto, parting words, please. Yeah, sure. So so adopting new technologies, in my opinion, is something that that Yash Technologies has been doing for several years now. You know, we have the technology to support our customers. And in fact, we have had several situations right now where we, are, we have been able to, to, to help customers remotely come back to production, come back to business, you know, using the latest technology. So, so utilization of latest technologies, I think, is really important. And uh, we're there to help our customers with that as well. Thank you, Jacinto. Pleasure to talk to you. And now let's bring on our final presenter. He is waiting patiently. He's on the edge of his chair. I can see him. It's (laughs) Yogesh Nagpal, and he is the global head. He's got a big title here, global head for EHS. That's environment, and that's health and safety. And he's going to tell us how some companies turn those letters inside out and upside down and really mean the same thing. He's the head of the EHS Center, spelled the fancy French way, Centre, C-E-N-T-R-E of Excellence at Yash Technologies. Yogesh has more than 18 years of experience in the sustainability and EHS space. Yogesh, finally, welcome. Take over. Talk to us. <laughs> Thank you, Bonnie. Quite excited to be on this fantastic technology show. And again, it's really a pleasure to share this stage with experts like body thought leaders like Asinto, John, and yourself. Completely excited, Bonnie. So tell me something, a little bit more about your background. How did you get to be the head of EHS? And tell me, is EHS the same as ESH, the same as SHE? We're going to play Scrabble here with the letters. So are they all the same? Where does this come from? What does it mean? Talk talk to our viewers and our listeners, Yogesh. Yes. So EHS stands for Environment, Health, and Safety. I think you pronounce it pretty well. I think within a couple of minutes, you got it, Bonnie. When you can get it, anybody can get it. I think I will say this is a simple word. Very important and very powerful. And specifically in my today's scenario, the way the the scenario is going around, health and safety has become the key word in our day-to-day life. When I step out of my home, I really feel about, am I safe? Am I keeping my health, again, in in the good condition? So health and safety has never been important like it has been seen nowadays. You asked about, can I say, whether it is really old? I think I was in my college in 2001. I got the first project of, again, while I was doing internship, uh, with after my college, and the project which was given to me was to remove lead from your uh, mobile phones, to remove lead from your uh, the old uh, say keyboards and mouses, because the lead actually is hazardous to yourself and your kids. Your to- the the paints which we, which we were using has to be lead free. So twenty years back, again, we were talking about those kind of things to to make the people people healthy, safer, and the product compliant. So that was my entry into this space talking about going into the marketing, talking about the safety of our people, the safety of the environment. And I think then the journey went on. It has been 12 fantastic years, 13 fantastic years in Yash Technologies, enjoying every day of my life, doing, talking, to, talking to my clients and transforming their business. I, I wish you were a little more excited, Yogesh. I'm teasing you. You are excited. Now, t- <laughs> I want to dive right into the sexy stuff. I'm going to use that word in a business yeah. sense, of course. <clears throat> uh, John said you were going to talk about an 
Apple Watch, but I want you to broaden that and talk about technology and EHS. We have AI, artificial intelligence. We have ML. We have alphabet soup, machine learning. We have IoT, Internet of Things. We have cloud. We can all spell that. We have ERP, enterprise resource planning, whatever it means today. We have analytics, prescriptive, predictive, cloud analytics. So how does the smartwatch tap into one or more of these, and what does it have to do with EHS? Absolutely. So I think this entire topic I'm going to cover into this technology trends into the EHS space. So environment, health, and safety pretty much used to be considered as a pen and paper job. Somebody sitting behind the behind the desk and writing, okay, how are we good? Again, is your health okay? Are we taking care of incidents and all? But no more. I think the first example, as, as I think everybody is excited about knowing smartwatch, I'll say that were these smartwatches as existent and prevalent 10 years before? 10 years before, people were more, care about, more for careful about their health and safety, and that necessity invented something called a smartwatch where I could count my calories, where I could count my steps, again, my sleep pattern, just to remain healthy. Now, do you think if that smartwatch I'm wearing today and I go to my office, is it something which is the only thing which I need from smartwatch? Probably in my today's scenario, my demands are uh, changing, my expectations are changing, and that's where this product and innovation is bringing new products. So now smartwatch will, will get replaced by something called a social distancing band. Again, yes, you heard it right. So there are, there are bands now available in the market which can tell you that while you are in the office, whether you're doing some good stuff, assembling something, maybe doing some kind of packaging, it will tell you that you are too close to somebody where, which is not enough for a social distancing norms. Not only this, the bands can actually read your ID and can, you, can tell you that in the last one hour, in the last four hours time, in the entire shift of eight hours, how many people you have come in contact with? And if you understand this concept of contact tracing, this is the core and crux of this entire pandemic management. Identifying a, a positive case and listing down all the suspects, that is nothing else but contract tracing, really coming on your hand, at your factory hands worker, making them all, of, all the time safe and making sure that Everybody around them is safe. So this is, I think, the power of technology which is coming up. This is exciting. I had no idea. It's scary and it's exciting. And then the question is, what? If you, John is laughing. What do you do with this? You're sitting in a cafe and you put on your <laughs> contact tracing band on your on your watch, and it says uh, that person sitting over there, six feet away, is is uh, wants to date you, but they recently were in contact with somebody who had uh, had a, a COVID positive response. So you better not talk to them, but maybe you better move your table and tell the waiter you're taking your coffee with you. I'm. I'm teasing a little bit, but the implications, Yogesh, are huge for culture, for society, for self-policing, for us all becoming technologists. Talk to me a little more. What other kinds of, of tech is involved with facial recognition, for example, robots, pods? What yes. do we got? Absolutely. So think about a scenario. I think we all are pretty good, happy working from home because we are able to deliver our customer what they need. They need our conversations. They need the services, and we're able to deliver it. Think about those people who are actually building those laptops for us, building those lamps and these mattresses for us, they can't work from home. They have to go back to their production facility. So everybody, again, specifically our EHS team members, our office staff is working to get them back to office. And think about the first day when they get back to office. Is it going to be just swipe your badge and get in? No, absolutely no. There's, there's definitely going various things which has to be checked. As you think that tomorrow when you go to your office, there is a small robot 
there is a small port which basically reads your face which have the facial recognition technology it tells you okay you are 45 42 24 i think 24 is a better word you are 24 years old you had two injuries in the last in the past one year you probably had a critical illness asthmatic condition and with your temperature today because it senses the temperature i think you probably should take some more rest you should probably go back home so think about the scenario the machine is actually telling that whether you should be going into the office or not not for yourself not for just for yourself but for the other 200 people who are in the office right so that is the i think it it is a mix of technology on artificial intelligence machine learning the database scrubbing and definitely all health information at the fingertips without somebody really talking to you somebody who is, has has the entire database it reads your face it it brings everything on the on the go I think your your guess when you said you correct yourself 24 years old that was me and 42 was Marty. Yeah. Marty was the 42 year old. So I think we're 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 cool on that. Now let's talk a little bit about mobile apps. I know you were going to tell me about audits, inspections, briefings, trainings. How is that working? Yes. Again, I go I always take back the scenario yesterday and then tomorrow. Yesterday if I talk about an an EHS job, there's a lot of things which has to happen manually. If I have to go and inspect 10 machines I will go with a pen and paper I will go and probably fill out forms if I have to talk about the safety processes around the office office I have to talk to multiple people not anymore use the technology and technology at your fingertips mobile devices bring an audit form and send it to all 100 people where you want this audit result to be coming from send it to all the operators who are operating those machines they fill those five simple questions push the data across to you and you only come across those faulty equipments or so called the as as mari was saying the cases which are potentially be become a failure so you have done the entire digitization with by using mobile application not only this talk about trainings i think we all training is the i think most simplified example but when i talked about audit when i talked about health briefings when i talked about shift change over again if, if, if many of us have been into the production floor when a shift changes from one to another the people get together the operators sync up together okay which machine which output what is the next next batch which has to be produced those all things can be done digital by using mobile and mobile is your personal handheld device pretty much as safe as you feel yourself are in it's all exciting but we have to get back to something very basic what about planning this all has to be planned yogesh uh you in your notes to me you told me the word meticulous has to be married to the word planning so how do companies Absolutely. do this how do they figure all this out uh, not just when do they open and how many desks or chairs do they have but how do they negotiate and navigate this new world of testing people and checking people and the contact tracing everything about our culture globally has changed so how how do you describe meticulous planning i know we're almost almost out of time but yes. we really want to get this absolutely so the my planning is going to be different from yours i am a 200 member facility whereas you are a 10000 member facility so planning is absolutely key and technology has to be tamed for my planning i have to plan today that in my facility of 10000 people can i run two shifts three shifts with the with the right social distancing norm how i have to do my capacity planning can i get my 30% people on uh, on the back on the work 50% phase 3 would be since september 80% those all things has to go into the planning capacity planning my work shift planning redesigning of the entire workspace that's a massive massive task the people who were sitting close to each other maybe 
one one was actually tightening the screw other was actually putting it into the cover now the distance has to be maintained which means a reengineering and redesign of the workplace which is a major major shift in my tomorrow scenario all those things has to definitely go in today and as you and me talk gm gm just announced that they are going to get back all their people in working in next 3 months time mm-hmm. whereas certain companies like uh, there are certain companies who are saying they will take up to the month of january some companies are saying that we are we will take into phases so right planning will only get you to closer to the reality i'll say that the the more mature the more prepared you are with your planning the more apt you pick up the right technologies on the go you'll be able to come back faster and definitely adapt this new normal as comfortably and as smooth as it should have been it is not going to go away we have to get a, 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 we have to adopt to this this technology and this new normal Yogesh, I'm impressed with the grasp of your knowledge and with your EHS experience. And this is exciting and scary and wonderful for companies to think. I don't think people are thinking about this yet. It's will we open, won't we open? It's not, are we going to take temperatures and where will people sit and who will put the screw in the lid of the, of the widget and who will move it down the line? This is something that maybe manufacturers are, but those of us who may be their customers really aren't thinking about that. We're thinking about our own lives. So it's almost we need a, a global empathy mindset. Ooh. John, can we can we copyright that a global empathy mindset? I like that verbal verbal trademark right there, Bonnie. There you go. I'm going to go to gallery. Everybody that's tuned in heard you say it. There you go, Yogesh. I want to say thank you, Yogesh. Why don't you just give a parting two or three sentences? Uh, I know you had a little more to say, and then then we will thank everybody, and we're almost out of time. Sure, Yogesh, close, please. Absolutely. I'll I'll leave my audience with three thoughts. One. technology is definitely can be can work as a respite in my today scenario use the technology leverage the technology to adapt this new normal more smoothly more comfortably and give me the right value to planning to planning the meticulous planning can never be undermined unless you have the right structure right procedures right guideline in place the technology is not going to work for you so planning and adopt a mix of planning and technology is going to deliver value and result to yourself last but not the least partners like yash who has 20 plus years of experience who basically bring all the domain experts from various industries from various roles all spread across the geography has been partnering with world erp leaders like sap again building new products for decades now in fact in in within within two weeks time on 2nd of june we are really releasing a sap based pandemic management solution so it's a solution which addresses to all these things what we have talked about prepackaged preconfigured and to be delivered to the world we are releasing out in 2nd of june look forward for all of you to probably join that webinar and definitely get excited again it is going to be great fun talking about the technology and merging this technology with my day to day life that's probably i'll have the parting thoughts morning oh, yogesh we cannot contain your enthusiasm and i think you're getting everybody excited thank you for being our wrap up john you promised we'd have a wow at the end actually hey, everybody hey. was And Bonnie, I got to say just one thing on Yogesh as a wrap up. As I learned from him, I see safety as actually becoming the differentiator now for employers. Where it might have been pay or vacation time in the past, now it's very likely going to be whoever makes their workforce feel and actually be safest yep. is going to have a competitive advantage out there and the same thing goes for retail as well. think about going into a store and if they have this type of technology that allows everybody to feel safe in that surrounding you've got a competitive advantage there so i i really really just i think the 
who knows how far it goes here. It's kind of scary, like you said. Safety is the new currency. It's replacing data and oil. There we go. John Gretter, a pleasure. Marty Groover, forever. Hmm. Asinto Arau, such a pleasure. And I think I pronounced your name correctly. We did rehearse that. And Yogesh Nagpal, such a pleasure. Keep being enthusiastic, all of you. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for episode number three of Tech Talk. Ah, the webinar series, the simulcast, we're everywhere managing the new normal. Yes, we are trying, and we hope we're helping you try to. Thank you to Voice America, Ryan Treasure, and Aaron Keller Thanks, for getting us on the Everybody Thank have you. a great day. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Tech Talk, Managing the New Normal with Yash Technologies and C5MI. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Y-A-S-H underscore tech or email john.gretter at yash.com. That's john.g-r-e-t-t-e-r at y-a-s-h.com. We look forward to hearing from you.